Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in-class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. In this week's episode, company directors and co-founders Matthew Hodgkinson and Stephen Hackney will be looking at all things risk management and discussing effective strategies to remove barriers and make this process as simple as possible. Hello and a very warm welcome. I've got Matthew Hodgkinson and Stephen Hackney, co-founders and directors here at the Change in Education Group. Our topic this week is risk management and uh, we're going to bust some myths today. Matt, how are you doing? How's uh, your weekend? How's it been going with you so far? Yeah, all good. Thank you, Amos. Uh, great weekend. Uh, you'll know about it. We were there on Friday evening for our Change Education Christmas party. A uh, couple of pictures on LinkedIn. And excellent. Uh, listen, it's worth the investment, isn't it? Buying a few drinks for people to see the smiles on people's faces. Absolutely. Uh, I'm normally called Mr. Scrooge within the organisation. But on this occasion, you know, it all happy, smiley faces at Christmas time. You did so, smash the cash. All good. All good. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much indeed. Looking forward to this today, risk management and risk assessment. What's that all about? What does it mean? Yeah, well, it's obviously really important, isn't it? You know, first and foremost, to safeguarding the students, safeguarding the employers, confidence confidence in the, from the school's point of view, confidence from the employer's point of view, confidence from all wider stakeholders, including parents and guardians. You know, so first and foremost, this is something that every single educator third party provider student employer must get rights and uh, and i think what we're going to do today is talk about what needs to be done how it should be done most cost effective way most streamlined way of getting uh it's all done and really coming out come, from my point of view i mean you know steve steve works from the tech side of the business here so he'll hopefully talk about how how good uh technology is and how good our technology is in completing risk management but ultimately, you know, I'll talk about a common sense approach towards it. Yes, we need to make sure everything is uh, is safe and secure, and all the all the big ticks in the appropriate boxes. But can't make it too arduous for everybody because that, Amos, is why work placements have often fell through in the past. Yes, indeed, and it's a common sense approach there, Steve, that Matt was talking about. But ultimately, where does the book stop? Does it stop with the employer? Does it stop with the student? Or does it stop with the school? Well, it's a shame. Morning, 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 by the way. Was, <laughs> yes, I had a great time on the weekend as well. <laughs> thanks for asking. <laughs> now, it, it's, um, it is a shared responsibility. So uh, ultimately, if you if we all go on now on Google, HSE and, and work-based learning and risk management and what the... Uh, what we're being advised is the correct and pragmatic way to manage work-based learning to enable students to go on work placements, then uh, the sentence really says that it's the employer's responsibility to make sure that's a safe environment for the uh, student. However, it's the educator or service provider's responsibility to make sure that employer has uh, is self-analyzed, that they've been encouraged and, and made sure that they've gone through a self-assessment process to make sure that that student will be safe and that there's some key 
points within that process that will make sure and, and, and offer us confidence that you know that is a safe environment for a student. So, yeah. So uh, it's it, when I say it's a shared responsibility. Ultimately, it's the students. It's the employer's responsibility. But the student, the parent, the educator, and the service provider all have a responsibility on that journey to make sure that the student is prepared effectively and understands what health and safety in the workplace is. And it's also that important that the uh, employer offers the student an induction on the first day so that they're fully aware of what the potential risks are and so that the student is never uh, put in harm's way. Uh, and obviously that's what the employer would do prior to the student attending, would be self-analyzing what the student can and can't do uh, and uh, you know the areas within the business that they won't be taking an active part in in the areas of the business they will. Yeah. Is it a standardised approach, Matthew, or is it a one-shoe-fits-all, or is it very bespoke to the specific employer, the sort of assessment you do? Yeah, that, that's a great question. In in previous years, it was very much a bespoke approach. It was a cost. It was a very costly approach as well. That a lot of a lot of providers, third parties, EVPs, risk assessment companies would be charging a fair penny to complete an on-site assessment of that employer. And, you know, if we think about it like this, if, if, if I am to go and risk assess an engineering plant, a chemical plant, uh, a mechanics, I have to know the intricacies. I have to know about the risks that I see in that particular workshop, in that particular industry, in that particular chemical plant. And I'm not best placed to do that. Even if I'm a qualified risk assessor, I've got my, my NEBOSH qualification, I've got my RIDOR qualification, I've ticked all the boxes there, but ultimately I'm not best placed to be going into those particular industries. Therefore, a standardised approach to risk management ensures that the employer is the person who ticks the final box and gives the final signature to say... We've looked at all our risk management policies and procedures, and we're happy that a young person can come on placement with us today. So I think that this is something that we need to tackle within this podcast, that a lot of schools, parents, third parties will probably overcomplicate what really is a simple exercise. And it's simply the fact that the employer is the person, that organisation, to best manage the risk within their own environments. So our role is to ensure that all the administration along that journey is completed through our software. That's what we build. We build software to ensure that risk management techniques, risk management is, is completed properly. But at the end of the day, Amos, you know, it's one simple template completed by the employer and it's their responsibility. Young people are employees for that week. And this is something that we need, that we, that we must touch on again today. That young people are employees, therefore the ultimate responsibility falls with the employer. As long as they have been provided with the information on the students' medical needs, uh, extra special requirements, uh, PPE requirements, etc. That we do, and other third parties will do through their software. So it actually comes down to policies and protocols rather than a bespoke risk assessment per industry. Because if, if that happens, then the cost of completing what should be simple risk management becomes quite arduous. And then we're in that, that uh, 
that notion again, Amos, Amos of, of putting employers off the process. Yeah, uh, I can imagine as well if it's involving a lot of cost, time, uh, that certainly puts employers off. Steve, you know, Matthew was talking there about the um, tech side of this. How does technology help? Where do we come in to support uh, employers and schools? Yeah, so traditionally, uh, as Matthew pointed out, that uh, if we go back uh, for us, 14 years, 15 years, and, and, and preceding that for companies that were doing risk management before then, they were using obviously paper. Uh, in fact, they were using carbon paper because it would, it would give three, they'd fill it in and there'd be three copies, one for the employer, one for the student and one for their database. So, uh, you know, we would never um, lecture anybody, any organization how to do risk management. However, we find that with our clients there's very differing uh, levels of risk management uh, the spectrum is quite vast between a simple basic form you know are you going to look after the student yes or no to a full visit with you know 40 questions under 20 different headings you know and so uh, we wanted to make sure that we as a company uh, managed risk based on our own uh, perceptions of the HSE guidance. So we needed to create, and we didn't want it to obviously be paper. Uh, obviously paper um, makes it very difficult to uh, manage, track, implement. And so we wanted a system that would enable us to see based very simply which risk assessments needed to be completed. So it would give us a CRM. It would uh, make it easy for us based on uh, the, the placement dates to see which we need to do in what order. And it would give us a digital form that we could then, uh, we could use uh, so we could ditch paper. But then also we wanted an editor tool so that at any point we could go in and remove and add any type of question. So uh, we created an editor tool within our risk management software to enable not just us, but our clients to edit the uh, template. We'll, we'll, we always give our clients a default template. However, if they want to edit it based on their own need, they can change, they can remove, they can add, you know, different types of questions, yes, no questions, or long text questions or short text questions. So um, I think that we, we've got to a point now that you can uh, you can manage risk as a, as a client of change education and connect. You have the ability to manage uh, risk management really succinctly, uh, and you can edit that uh, process based on your needs. So again, we're not here to stamp our delivery model on anybody, but we're also here to give them a starting point and they can choose then to tailor that uh, to whatever level of risk they, they need. So basically how it works is we have a CRM, so you see what you need to do. We have a, a default risk assessment tool, a template. We have a, a editor tool that allows you to go and change it. And we've also created a piece of tech where you can actually have industry specific risk assessments if that's what you want to do. So you can actually have tailored risk assessments based on each industry that's out there, such as engineering or farming or administration, so that you can alter the questions so that that employer is getting, you know, industry specific questions as well. So yeah, we, we, we've really got a, a, an intuitive piece of tech. We've also got a, a, a verification process that, you know, if once the employer 
has um, completed the risk assessment, uh, a staff member can then go in and, and review it and verify it before it actually gets authorized and signed off. So again, we're trying to come up with tech to make life as easy as possible. And obviously that's complemented by our automated functionality. So the last bit I was going to mention now is, is that obviously when you're dealing with high volumes of risk management, uh, you want the software to be working on your behalf. So we have automated functionality that will uh, start the risk management process without any human interaction so that uh, you can get ahead of the game when you're dealing with high volumes of risk management. And again, you couldn't really do our job in this day and age, in this day and age based on the old practices where somebody would get in a car, go visit an office, spend half an hour there, an hour there, filling in a piece of paperwork. It's just not... Uh, it's not safe actually and it's not an effective way of working and so we've obviously created tech to be fully safe uh, and uh, compliant but also be efficient and uh, making the staff's life as easy as possible but also making all those parties we originally mentioned making their life as easy as possible so that it's not as matthew pointed out at the very beginning it's not a barrier and work placements are successful and it's not a barrier for an employer getting involved thanks for that steve Matthew, Steve covered quite a lot there. You know, it's uh, it seems that, you know, the system that we've got in place does a lot from automation to being very specific to certain industries. So if skills want to um, base their risk assessment on a particular type of sector, they can do so. I can imagine that skills will still come back to you with questions and they still feel that some things have not been answered. Could you give us some myth busters? What are the sort of questions that, you know, skills are constantly asking you? And you, this is an opportunity for you to put it out there so that we can address this now. Which, you know, what myth busters can you give us here today? Well, how long have we got? Yeah, I mean, like we, can, we can do this from a school's perspective. We can do it from an employer's perspective as well. So maybe I can just do it quickly from both perspectives. Schools needs, schools are safeguarding 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 you know they need to know and they want to know quite rightly that a young person is going to be safe on placements they nobody wants to be in the paper or written about these days or reported to the health and uh, and safety executive for any uh, poor practice so schools think that a risk assessment has to be completed on every single employer they also feel that a DBS check in some cases needs to be completed on every single employer. Uh, they feel that a, a piece of paper needs to be signed by the student, by the parent guardian and by the employer. There's nowhere in the health and safety executive literature to support any of that common sense approach, we spoke about this at the start, common sense approach needs to be applied here to everything that we're talking about. Now, let's tackle them one by one. Does a risk assessment need to be completed on every single employer? The answer to that question is actually no. What needs to take place is effective risk management techniques. So the employer needs to complete risk management. And actually, there has to be a record of that. And that's where we're very good. We're very good at ensuring there's a record kept at risk management because a risk assessment even the every client employer whoever wants to refer, refer them uh, refer to them as will have risk assessments so if a young person comes to work 
for us at the Change Education Group. It will be an office administration business type of, of experience. And we will have a risk assessment for new starters because that young person is a member of our staff. Now, what we don't want to do is start to fill out risk assessments individually for that young person. These, you know, in the past, I've seen them as three, four, five page documents. But at that point, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, I haven't got the time and therefore I can't take the placement. And really all that should be happening is that the organisation should be ticking boxes and signing off to say that they have all those measures in place. Once they've signed it off, it is the responsibility of the organisation. In terms of uh, insurances, well, insurances, that uh, we have to have insurances in place. You know, the, the organisation has to have employees liability insurance in place and public liability insurance in place. But these are standard insurances that every single employer will have if they employ staff. And generally speaking, sole traders uh, are, are adequately insured for the job that they're doing. And generally speaking, the young person going on placement with those particular people are relatives, son or a daughter or a looked after child. So again, you know, there, there are waivers that can be signed if, if a young person is going on placement with, with a sole trader. And, and DBS checks is something as well that we hear about every single day. You know, if a, if a young person is working with an employer for an extended period of time, there is a, an argument that a DBS check should take place. But remember, DBS checks, again, there is no definitive legislation that you'll find anywhere about who should have a DBS check, the frequency of completion, and uh and when that dbs check should take place so i'm happy to field lots and lots of questions from people who listen to this podcast about dbs checks because that's something that we've that we've skirted around for many many years if a school requests one or an employer requests one then we are a dbs checking organization and we will complete dbs checks but what i'd like to actually ascertain from people who are requesting a dbs check from an employer is why they're asking for the DBS check in the first place. So maybe one for the future, Amos, maybe to come back to that particular topic, but that definitely is high up there on Mythbusters. And the notion of a DBS check is required sometimes opens up questions that people listening to this podcast may actually haven't have thought about. Sometimes asking for a DBS check actually then creates problems that would result in the placement not taking place in the first place because we're going to DBS check one organization. We'd then probably be duty bound because we've engaged in that practice to DBS check 200 organizations based on the logic used to DBS check one. So again, happy for anybody listening to this to email in at info, .change, info at changeeducation.co.uk. If you want to discuss, ask me the question. Now we have a young person going on placement to this particular organization. They're starting on this date and they are completing these roles, uh, they have a supervisor, do they need a DBS check? We'll happily give our, our advice and guidance on that in line with what the Department of Education and the HSE say, which again isn't definitive. So yeah, lots of, and we, we handle objections galore from schools and from organisations, Amos, on, uh, on, on myths and why they think placement should or should not happen. And, uh, and it's up to us as an organisation to look at our policies and procedures and, and lean on the, uh, the 12 years, 13 years that we've been in business to give, uh, to give credible 
and safe and secure answers to those questions. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us, Matthew. Steve, uh, any final words from you today? Yeah, so just a bit, just a bit of that picture from Matthew is, is that is this, the word, the word safeguarding sometimes, uh, of course, risk management is, it can be viewed as safeguarding the young person from injury. However, I think in the past, Math, I think Matthew was far kinder than he would have normally been there because he's had a few ding-dongs uh, recently where there's been an educator who hasn't fully understand understood risk management and they have got confused with their safeguarding policy which of course is is something different that you know obviously safeguarding a young person uh, and risk management are actually separate processes safeguarding obviously is making sure the young person is uh, is you know socially emotionally uh, well and not you know being neglected or any kind of you know kind of you know, it's quite an in-depth and remote uh, thing safeguarding. I think sometimes Matthew's uh, managed some clients really well where they've really got hung up on safeguarding when actually they were talking about risk management and they were talking about risk management of a placement and that, you know, the employers ultimately uh, is going to treat the student like any other employee to make sure that they're safe in the world of work. It's not safeguarding as you would traditionally think within a school when they look at their safeguarding policy. Does that make sense? I just want to make sure there's no, no confusion absolutely. there. That you know, yeah. they do have to split those two worlds apart. Hmm. Uh, but apart from that, you know, listen, you know, we 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 want to make sure that students are obviously our priority is to make sure that students are safe in the world of work. We want them to go and enjoy themselves, knowing that they will be safe, uh, and we don't ever want a student to get injured. Uh, and that's why we've created processes to remove. Uh, administration being a barrier to make sure that it's you can you know the employer can complete their self-analysis easily and that then can be shared with all parties prior to the student starting placement so you know you know i think that we have uh, created a process that is uh, credible pragmatic uh, and most importantly maintains the young person safely absolutely thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us steve uh, Matthew, anything that you'd like to add there to what Stephen shared with us? I think I think that we just need to be uh, be completely open, transparent with uh, what is actually required, what is not required, and uh, we're happy to share that with schools all the time. You know, schools can get in touch with with us at any point to seek advice and guidance because some schools maybe a lot. Some schools will do work experience programs in-house and they'll manage it all themselves and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll go away and complete uh, assessments with employers when they're probably not best placed to do so. They'll then raise further questions and they kind of, the schools that do it themselves may end up going down a little bit of a rabbit hole that they never expect or intended to go down. Because once you start asking questions of an employer, there'll be more questions coming back at you. Uh, and I don't think the schools that do it themselves will have adequate resources and expertise in place. And that's not taking anything away from the, the person assigned to do it, because in my experience, and this was me when I was working at a school in Manchester, I was supporting with, uh, with the work experience programmes and the wider careers curriculum. So I understand that these jobs are often dropped on people from, from the top down. But if... I wasn't back in that position again, knowing what I know now, 
I definitely uh, instruct a third party to do it because you just don't want to be going down that rabbit hole of asking questions of an employer, which could be industry specific questions. Therefore, using a third party uh, like your local EVP, your local council, change education, us, us, us of course, but ultimately uh, I just put it back on, on schools to be asking as many questions as they can. And we're, we're happy to field them. Uh, we have a risk assessment manager in place. So I'm no, I'm no expert, but all, all we can do is make sure that we, again, apply a very much common sense approach to the, uh, to the guidance that we're delivered. So uh, Amos, yeah, info at changeeducation.co.uk, go on our website, drop us a message, reach out to us, uh, any questions regarding uh, uh, risk management, uh, and obviously trying to separate the two, which Steve alluded to in terms of uh, safeguarding, then yeah, we're more than happy to, to field those questions. Hey, listen, it might, it might lead to a new customer, but ultimately it might just lead to us saving time and money for a school that wants to continue down the road of doing this themselves, uh, which you know they're more entitled, they're absolutely entitled to do so. But uh, we, we're here to help. Thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. And there we have it, risk assessment and uh, answered some great questions there. But of course, if you've got any further questions that you'd like to ask, as Matthew said there, you can connect with us, send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. Visit us online, changingeducation.co.uk. From Matthew, from Steve, and from myself, Amos Madge. Until next week, thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.